Hello, I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So, I'll tell you what, folks, there's been a lot of things in the news. I'm sure you've been following them, a lot of anti-gun politics. Man, I'm sure you feel the frustration when you hear these people talking and their absolute garbage that they're spewing when you and I know the truth. And they have no clue what they're talking about. Let me tell you, it is ridiculous. And this is why I'm so happy to have this podcast, Gun Lawyer, because I'm able to uh, talk to you folks and we're able to vent about this and expose their lies. Very thankful to have our show sponsored by the uh, Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, which is the state NRA affiliate in New Jersey, and also very proud to have as a sponsor We Shoot, which is a great range in uh, Lakewood, and uh, they are just a uh, wonderful place, and I highly encourage my listeners to check out We Shoot. Anyway, we've been... Uh, Listen to this stuff, and it made me think a little bit about, well, some of you may recall the uh, comedian Jeff Foxworthy. And Jeff Foxworthy used to say, you know, you're a redneck if blah, 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 right? And he'd have these great jokes. Well, I'm going to modify that a little bit. So with apologies to Jeff Foxworthy, I say, you know you're a dumbass when you say or believe that somehow banning so-called assault weapons will stop a mentally deranged person from committing mass murder. And I'll tell you what, you know you're a dumbass when you constantly are calling for gun laws that condemn small concealable, deadly handguns and then have the Justice Department put forward a new rule that makes handguns that are increased in size by way of a pistol brace illegal under the NFA and restricted under the NFA. I mean, how absurd is that? And I'll tell you what. You know that you're a dumbass when you complain about constitutional carry and claim that it's going to be the, quote, Wild West. How many times have you heard him say, oh, my God, it's going to be the Wild West when 25 states have enacted constitutional carry and none of them became the Wild West? And a matter of fact, we're looking now at number 26, which will be Florida, because the constitutional carry bill passed the House and Senate, and it is on the way to Governor DeSantis' desk, and he has said that he will sign it, and that will make Florida the 26th state, and therefore a majority of states in the United States, 
will have constitutional carry. That means law-abiding citizens no longer need a permission slip in the majority of America to carry a handgun concealed on their person for self-defense, and they no longer have to be victims but can in fact be defenders. It is an amazing, amazing transformation into liberty. And let me tell you, that's a rare thing these days because there aren't too many areas where Americans are gaining freedom. All you ever hear about is we need a new law and their new law takes away freedom. Rarely, rarely do we gain freedom back. And here, the movement of carry, the ability to have that concealed firearm that you can carry to defend yourself, has been one of the greatest examples of the expansion of not only our right to keep and bear arms, but of just freedom, freedom, because Way back, I mean, it wasn't until the early 1980s when when Florida was really the first state, modern states, to get shall-issue carry permits. And from shall-issue permits and their popularity spreading throughout the states, that individuals became used to and accustomed to carrying a handgun for defense. And then the next step of saying you don't even need a permit anymore, which is how it should have been originally, has then grown in liberty. And what you see here is incrementalism working for us, not against us. Because many of our gun rights were taken away one slice at a time, the salami tactic of taking away rights. They ban this, they go after that, they cut here, they cut there, they cut, 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 and before you know it, you don't have any rights left. And as much as we want to have a clean sweep and restore all our gun rights, in reality, it's not how it works. In reality, as the carry movement demonstrates, it's step by step we gain our rights back. And what a great example to gain our carry rights back to the point of needing no permits whatsoever in the majority of America to be able to defend ourselves and have that best means, the top finest means of self-defense at our disposal, the ability to carry a firearm without having to get the government's permission. Now, many of the states that pass constitutional carry, of course, they still have a permit system, but it's not mandatory, it's optional, and some people opt for it so that you can have reciprocity in other states or opt for it because it can get you the Brady exemption, so you don't need a Knicks check, or they opt for it for their own personal uh, reasons. But as long as it's just an option and not 
a mandatory requirement and that you can carry without having to get a permit or a license, then we have our, our freedom and it is secured and it is growing every day. And it is really, even though we're dealing with all these battles, fighting these anti-gun jerks and every one of their wacko proposals that aren't based anywhere in logic, that have no effect on crime, the carry license movement actually has an effect on crime. That's the ironic thing. The anti-gunners constantly push for this gun control or that gun control, and they will do their, their blood dance in some victims of some atrocity, some, some horrible event of which is so few and far between, yet they capitalize on it to use it to take away everybody's rights. And of course, it has no effect on actual public safety, no effect on actually reducing crime. Yet the growth of our liberty to carry a firearm does. That's what stops the bad guys. That's where, even if we don't want to look at it statistically, just you, the individual, can now protect yourself. That right there impacts crime, and it impacts your own personal safety and feeling of well-being. It's critical. So this movement is something I'm very happy to see. And of course, it's been put on steroids with the Bruin decision so that those remaining states, that small handful of, of authoritarian elitist states that don't want to trust their citizens with the ability to defend themselves and not be victims of crime, that even they have to issue carry permits at least. And that's, of course, what we've been experiencing in New Jersey. And we're in the transition phase in Jersey because they're still fighting us, you know, kicking and screaming, and they can't stand that uh, it's no longer just an elite 600 because that was the estimate of civilian carries in Jersey. And now individuals that are law-abiding citizens have a right, a constitutional right, to carry and get at least get a permit. And uh, this is itself a magnificent change. I mean, folks, think about those of you who live in New Jersey, just how amazing it is to even say that we can finally get a carry permit in New Jersey. Just those words alone, I always wondered if I'd ever be able to say them. And being able to say those words is great. Now, of course, the legislature with the Murphy carry killer anti-civil rights bill, you know, they're trying to throw everything at us, and including the kitchen sink, to try to make the utilitarian value of a carry permit worthless. But they're failing. And they're failing because of the Second Amendment. They're failing because of the Bruin decision. And they're failing because of the great... Justice Thomas and the majority opinion that has empowered the Second Amendment to fight off these 
atrocious laws. And so we can take a lot of pride in a lot of progress. And I know we're all cynical and we have a right to be, but we truly have seen tremendous progress when it comes to our liberty for carry. And, you know, the importance of carry isn't just to us as individuals. It isn't just that we can defend our families. It isn't just some impact on crime and all that. But there also is a very important political aspect to carry. And you don't hear this talked about much, but I want to make it clear. You see, originally in the gun rights battle, I mean, going back since the 60s and such, the anti's game plan to disarm us was, oh, we only want handguns. We're not after your hunting guns. We just want to go after handguns. The original main gun control group in America was called handgun control. You see, that's all. They could, that way they, they knew they, they, they could not offend hunters and what a lot of us call the FUDs uh, over their long arms because they just want handguns, you see. And this approach was also politically done because hunters were such a strong contingency of voters and really a demographic that they didn't want to alienate. But unfortunately over time, and mainly due to the diminishing ability to have a place to hunt and such, that hunting is not the same force that it was 60 years ago, you know. And I love hunting, and I'm sure many of the listeners love to hunt, but plainly it isn't. And with young people, you know, into video games and not the outdoors and, you know, computers seeming to be ruling their lives instead of actual activities, you've seen this diminish and hence a political faction that helped preserve our gun rights is diminishing. But with the advent of concealed carry and the carry movement, it has grown tremendously. And in fact, carry has superseded in the importance politically of protecting our gun rights generally and overall. Because every person that has a gun and every person that has a gun for self-defense and every person who carries a gun for self-defense and now has that amazing ability to defend themselves and that wonderful feeling of security and knowing that you have the means, the most effective means to protect yourself, that person is now a Second Amendment supporter with a vested interest in their own gun that protects their life. And that's powerful stuff. And the anti-gunners know it. I mean, this is why they fight concealed carry with permits. They fight it because they know that it puts them in an even more difficult position when they try to steal our constitutional rights away from us. Hey, when we come back, I have some great letters to share, and I know you'll appreciate them. 
For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Hey, welcome back to Gun Lawyer. I am Evan Knappen. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And it really makes a difference. We're able to get the word out. I really... Love having this opportunity, and I appreciate you subscribing and having your friends listen and subscribe. And it's really been, uh, it really is a lot of fun for me to do this. I truly appreciate the sponsors of my show, and so I will shamelessly promote my sponsors because I love them dearly. First, we have the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, they are the NRA state affiliate in New Jersey. They are our gun rights defender in New Jersey, and it is critical that you belong to the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs. It's the minimum you can do. It's the least you can do. And by joining the association, you get tremendous benefits. You get, first of all, you know you're part of the fight because they have a full-time paid lobbyist down in Trenton. They're in the litigation. They are there fighting and paying to be in the federal courts challenging the Murphy Carry Killer Anti-Civil Rights Bill, challenging the assault firearms ban as we speak, challenging the large capacity magazine ban, challenging the disqualifiers that try to arbitrarily take away our gun rights. And they're, they're there fighting for you and me. And when you join, you get a spectacular newsletter, really the best newsletter on Jersey gun rights there is. And you get the email alerts that warn you of what's coming, things you need to be aware of as gun owners in New Jersey, both political and factual, that can immediately alert you. It's uh, really critical that you belong. Go to anjrpc.org. And our other sponsor, who is uh, a uh, just really, really spectacular uh, gun range. If you've never been there, I would highly advise you to go there. It is called We Shoot. Uh, We Shoot is in Lakewood, New Jersey, and it is a indoor range in which they have 12 25 indoor lanes. 
and they offer shooting and training and practice, and they can get you certified in training so that you can get your carry license. It's one of the requirements in Jersey to get that carry permit, and they can help you to do it, and uh, they're uh, experts at that, frankly, and they've never had anyone that they've trained uh, get rejected for their training certifications. And so if you're looking for a place to fulfill that requirement, that's the place to go. And I do have some uh, exciting news from We Shoot. By the way, you can go to their website, which is weshootusa.com, W-E-S-H-O-O-T-U-S-A.com, and you can check them out. And one of the things I want to bring to your attention, and, and this, you know, especially in these times, um, they are one of the most affordable uh, memberships on the uh, Jersey Shore. Their, their plans start at uh, $299 per year for a range membership. And uh, they also have a monthly plan, by the way, for so-called uh, winter birds, you know, or, or summer birds, whatever you are here, if you're just here seasonally in, in Jersey, at only $30 a month. But here's the deal. Their range membership, all their memberships include unlimited range use, folks, unlimited range, range use in New Jersey. That is an incredibly reasonable rate. And not only does it include unlimited range use, it includes five free guest passes, you get 3% instant cashback rewards on any purchases. You get 50% off all rentals. I mean, that's one of the great things, New Jersey, too. You can rent a gun at the range. And, boy, you want to try out different guns. You want to have some fun and try this one and that one to see what's best for you. Or you always were curious about this gun or that. What better way than buy a, a rental? Just a great experience. They have special prices on ammo. They have 5% off all accessories. And then they have exclusive access to their member promotions and discounts during their member appreciation month. And that's right. That's a full month of May. They dedicate to their members with their biggest sales. So don't miss it. Go to We Shoot. Join We Shoot. Enjoy a great shooting experience that I know you will appreciate. And so uh, check out weshootusa.com. So I have a letter here from Jim. And uh, Jim is asking a question that I've gotten a number of folks asking about, and I want to deal with it here. Jim says regarding qualification, Hi, Evan, I recently received my PTC from the PD, not through the courts, Thank God. And he's not kidding. Thank God. At least that is one good thing in that pile of crap called the Carry Killer Anti-Civil Rights Bill. And that is they got rid of judges. And he says, the question I have here is on two separate occasions during the process, once when doing the interview with the officer and second when I went to the station to pick up the permit, I was told that if I want to carry any other guns beside the ones I qualified with, I'd have to qualify with whatever guns I would carry and then provide them with information so they could update my file. It's based on what I heard in some of your podcasts, it seems like they're telling me some incorrect information. I do not have any restrictions or court orders stating anything in that regard as to my permit, and it was issued through the PD. 
if they're in fact telling me incorrect information, I'm surprised at that because they're definitely pro 2APD. The only thing I can think of is maybe the chief just wanted to be able to know what anyone in the town could possibly be carrying at any time. And let me just say, um, I, I will say unequivocally that if you go to NJS2C 58-4, paragraph A, the very first paragraph, right there it says, black and white, read it for yourself, one permit shall be good for all handguns that a person has. Okay? Right there, first paragraph, first, right out of the bat. So one permit's good for all. Now, that's what the law says. And the permit has no restrictions. You simply must abide by the law. So one permit is good for all handguns. There is no requirement that you certify on any gun you wish to to have. Now, the, the reason this may exist is that with RPO cards, which was you know, for retired law enforcement, retired police officer. There was this type of requirement imposed by the attorney general who unilaterally placed it upon police, and that became sort of a a mindset out there. And then judges who were involved, this is what they saw and thought, so they were doing it to a number of their permits where they were trying to come up with different restrictions. And with a judge-issued permit, you're essentially dealing with what is a court-ordered permit, and so you're bound and restricted. But as far as a permit issued by a chief under the new law, you can read the law for yourself. One permit's good for all the guns that you have, all the handguns, one permit. So, you know, that is the story. Now, if you want to comply and you want to provide chief with certifications on guns you wish to carry, and you just want to do it because you want to show that you are uh, qualified on that gun and just have it for purposes of historically documenting it, I mean, feel free. But the fact is the license is not restricted. The fact is what the law says that I just told you, and I don't necessarily think it's a conspiracy by the chief to want to know what gun you have, but it's probably more about a residue or legacy type action that existed in prior licensing prior to the new law, and it's that legacy-type mindset that really has to be changed. That would be my uh, guess, strictly a guess, as to why that might be going on. Now, I have another letter here from, from Anthony regarding moving out of New Jersey, and I do get this asked at times, and folks want to know, because you know why? A lot of people want to leave New Jersey, that's why. As a matter of fact, more people want to leave New Jersey than want to stay in New Jersey, which is an interesting fact. And this gets confirmed by the uh, various you know, United van lines and stuff of how many people are moving out and how many people are moving in. But here's someone who's moving out of Jersey and wants to know how to leave with firearms. And it's Anthony, and he says, Hi, Evan, I, I recently bought a house in North Carolina and we'll be moving there once the purchase closes. Now, it's interesting you bought North Carolina because just this week, North Carolina overrode the Democrat governor veto of the repeal of the Jim Crow-era pistol permit law. You know, North Carolina had a pistol permit requirement going back to the Jim Crow era designed to stop blacks from having guns and newly freed slaves and this was the tactic that's why they were called 
Jim Crow laws. And this law, this archaic law requiring permits there, been on the books since then. And guess who repealed it? The Democrats? No! The Republicans. Okay, there was not a single, in the end, not a single Democrat vote for it, although supposedly three Democrats that may have been pro-gun just didn't vote, which let it go through. But plainly, the Democrat governor vetoed it, but it was overridden so that the Jim Crow-era racist permit system in North Carolina has been eliminated. And now when you want to buy a gun in North Carolina, you still have to undergo a NICS check. That still happens. But you don't have to get the piece of paper that can be arbitrarily denied to you or otherwise uh, discourage you from getting a firearm. So I'm glad that North Carolina has done that. It was really great to see the override of such a veto on such a disgusting law. I want to follow the law. This is back to the letter. Sorry I got diverted there, but I get inspired. Uh, I want to follow the law with my firearms during the moving process. I've listened enough to your podcast to know how to transport firearms and ammo, but I want to make sure I can drive out of the state with my firearms directly to my house. I want to make sure my legal guns purchased in New Jersey have no law requiring those guns to stay or return to New Jersey. Or do I have to have my farm shipped to North Carolina by an FFL? Thank you for any help you can provide. Well, let me just say, they have not passed a law in New Jersey that requires guns in New Jersey to stay in New Jersey. Uh, that would be, even for the anti-gunners, uh, a, a tough one uh, there because all they want to do is get rid of guns, so they don't want guns to stay here. They're happy to see the guns uh, leave, apparently, so that the uh, criminals could have a freer hand, you know, and not face armed defenders. But uh, there is no law. There is no law in New Jersey that says you have to do anything when you leave with your guns in New Jersey. Now, when you leave to whatever state you're going to, you have to make sure you're legal in that state. I'm not a North Carolina attorney, but you should check out if North Carolina requires anything for you when you bring your guns there. But as far as leaving New Jersey, uh, there's no requirement regarding your guns. However, there is a requirement regarding your firearm purchaser ID card. So if you have a New Jersey firearm purchaser ID card, then you must within 30 days either put in for a change of address or surrender your card. Now, it's little known, but true, non-residents can have a New Jersey firearms purchaser ID card. So if you're leaving out of state and you may at some time, unfortunately, have to come back for some God forbid reason. Uh, you might want to maintain having your New Jersey Farms ID card. Uh, it can be useful to buy ammunition in the state and also for uh, having some greater exemption for transport and even purchase. So if you want to keep it, you can put in for a change of address to the uh, state police and you can change it to your address in, in this case, North Carolina or wherever you've changed your residence. Now, if you decide, hey, I'm never coming back to Jersey and I don't need that license, then you should voluntarily surrender your license back to the issuing authority, whoever issued it, 
so that you've gotten rid of it and that 30-day requirement uh, no longer would apply. So that's the card is something you should be concerned with. The guns, though, uh, Jersey has uh, no laws regarding it. Now, as far as transporting the guns themselves, when you're going to go interstate, you want to rely upon Title 18, 926A of the federal law. That was a law that was put through federally through the uh, Gun Owners Protection Act uh, that allows for preemptive uh, ability to transport firearms through states that might have prohibitions or problems. And the requirement is that you're going from one state where you lawfully can possess and carry to another state where you lawfully can possess and carry your guns. Now, in New Jersey, even if you don't have a carry permit, you can lawfully possess and carry your gun in your home. And most likely, but you should double check, in North Carolina, you can possess and carry guns in your new home in North Carolina. That should meet the bill under federal law. And then when you transport, make sure your guns are unloaded. Put them in a lock case, ammunition separate. Put the ammunition in a separate lock box. Have it as far away from the passenger compartment as you can have it. If you have a trunk, put in the trunk. SUV, put in the back of the SUV. Cover the gun cases, whatever. Lock them, cover them. And then you are completely within Title 18, 926A as you transport your locked, cased, unloaded firearms with ammunition separate going from one place where you legally can possess and carry to another, you can check out right online, USCA Title 18, 926A. I also talk about it in my book, uh, New Jersey Gun Law. And that's the way to transport it as you proceed uh, to travel interstate. Hey, here's another letter. This one is similar. This is from an individual who says regarding... Other firearm with a pistol brace. I'm a New Jersey resident, but I own houses in Florida and Vermont. If I register my other firearm with ATF, meaning under the pistol brace rule, can I legally store and possess them in either my Florida or Vermont homes where registered SBRs are legal? Now, let me say you should be able to do that. You're going to have to clear it with ATF, but I remember when the uh, 1994 crime bill was passed, and as a warm-up for that, the uh, Treasury Secretary Lloyd Benson, uh, another anti-gun person there, uh, doing a Democrat's bidding, uh, did a ATF rule change declaring street sweepers and striker 12s to be destructive devices having to be registered under the NFA, similar to what they're trying to push forward on pistol braces, and then allowed for a free registration as they are allowing supposedly for pistol braces. And you had to file the federal NFA forms to do it. But if you're in a state that prohibited the firearm, they wouldn't even allow you to register. So in New Jersey, uh, the assault firearm ban prohibited street sweepers and striker 12s under state law. So ATF did not want to allow individuals in New Jersey with those guns to be able to register them, even though they could be possessed in New Jersey if individuals had rendered them inoperable and filed the inoperability certificate. But ATF didn't want to look that closely at state law. They just said, we're not allowing these to get registered in a state that prohibits them. However, they did allow individuals to register them under the federal law and keep them, for example, in Pennsylvania if they had a vacation home there. 
So being it's a federal law, and being that I am aware of them doing this in the past with uh, destructive device registrations required on street sweepers and striker 12s, it would seem that you should be able to do that if you clear that with ATF on doing it, uh, that you're storing it in a state where it's legal and you're complying with that NFA registration in that regard, then uh, I don't see why ATF would be opposing uh, that uh, if they are consistent as they were in the past. But maybe that's asking too much for ATF, you know, to be consistent. But there you go. Hey, I have one more letter here, and this is from George. George says, I have your book. He means New Jersey gun law, of course. And I've been a member of Texas U.S. Law Shield for years. I've been to a few of your events and sent many friends and family your way for your book and U.S. Law Shield. Anyway, I've been listening to a bunch of your more recent podcasts back-to-back while working every day. Well, thank you, George. I hope I'm... uh, illuminating some things for you. And he said, and at the end of 120, that'd be episode 120, prompted me to reach out. I applied for my PTC back in October, and it was sent to Gloucester County Judge, who dragged their feet. Anyway, I finally just received it, as supposedly the judge had to still take care of the ones that were sent to them. The PTC permits that we received have C below, check the and check on the restriction, so his restriction block is checked, and says, pursuant to NJS 2C58-4, is it okay? I assume that the statute laws that will hopefully be amended, or maybe it means challenged in the court, that everyone is held regardless what permit you have, say or doesn't say. So basically, it's the same as unrestricted or no. Previously, the county was issuing permits that said C court order, which had company a court order that limited you to the pistols that you had qualified with. My permit did also did accompany a court order letter that references a specific pistol name and serial number that I qualified and applied as per them from October, but the actual permit does not say anything about the court order. Maybe the accompany court order letter was a leftover from a previous ones that were handing out. This had hundreds of fellow GC resident confused. I figured I'd ask you and gladly send you photos if needed. Okay, so here's the deal. Because you applied in October, you were pre-December. And because you were pre-December, pre-passage of the uh, anti-civil rights bill, you still have a judge-issued permit, unfortunately. The judge-issued permit means it originates out of the court, and they have issued a court order. So you're kind of bound, unfortunately, by the court order. Now, the court order requires and references certain pistol names and ones you qualified with, then you better stick to what the court order says because that creates an obligation to you between you and the court, as all court orders do. Now, the pursuant to NJS 2C58-4, that's simply the carry permit law. And interestingly, in in a contradiction to this, uh, the 2C58-4, first paragraph, as we discussed earlier, said one handgun permit is good for all your handguns. But you know what? You're dealing with a judge-issued permit. You better play it safe. You better stick to the gun that you certified with that's listed on the court order because this order has judicial uh, it has judicial weight behind it. It's actually done by the court, not just done by an uh, executive, that being a chief or the superintendent. And as a court, it needs to be viewed with and dealt with in that manner. So you don't want to be in contempt of a court order. You don't want your license to be 
somehow later declared invalid because you had a permit, uh, you're carrying a gun that wasn't uh, on the court order, even though, of course, we're going to argue that the permit contradicts it because it says 58-4 and A says you can have any gun, but you don't need to be the test case. I don't think you want that. So for now, play it safe. When you do your renewal, you'll have strictly a chief-issued uh, permit that will have no restrictions. It won't have the, uh, uh, won't have the demeanor of being a court order or judicial. It'll simply be an executive uh, branch-issued license or permit, and then it strictly goes by the statute, and that's the way to play it on that. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.